And welcome everybody, episode 293, the Between Two Wheels podcast. We're talking stage five of the 110th Tour de France, uh, Pau to La Ronde, 162.7 kilometers. Luckily, yesterday we saw a bunch of crashes. Today we didn't see crashing physically. Well, we did. We saw some mental, some, some physical problems on the bike. Uh, some surprises, new leader in the yellow, a uh, few Americans take part, that, 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 that. we'll talk about it all. Come on up. The number of people have been upgrading. Yes, there you go. You see the graceful limb that you were talking about before. The race we've got yet again, and a victor then goes victory to an American, Andy Hampton. The belt of dope bike. He looks at the Colombian rider. How are you doing? Straight past Santiago Patero, and he's coming up to Pantani. Armstrong is. Uh, the last few hundred meters as we come towards the finish of this monumental stage in Armstrong. As we start to approach the line now, Pantani fits his teeth and accelerates and over the line. He's going now to win stage number 15. Sepkus, an emotional finish from Durango in the USA. Sepkus wins. Yep, episode 293. We just talked about that at the open. So welcome everybody. Between Two Wheels podcast, Tyler Yonke, stage five, power to Laurent's. And uh, look, I, the, the predictions yesterday were for what was it going to happen? Uh, <clears throat> we have a live stream tonight with Tyler Yonke. Thanks, Victor. Uh, welcome. Um, 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific. That's when I'm going to try to do it every time. I'm sorry I didn't put a notice out there real quick. It's a busy day. And so what did I do? I did watch the race. And we'll talk about that. Look, yesterday we had some crashing. Uh, it didn't look like we had we had Quinn Simmons go down today. But other than that, I didn't really see much of it. But we saw some bodies having some trouble keeping up. Uh, and we will go through all of that. Uh, and I thought it was going to be. Okay, so let's get right to it. Um, uh, 162 kilometers. What did I say yesterday? I said uh, Nilsson Palace is going to go try to go up the road. He can have a short duration of, of riding to, to take the big points over the HC category climb. It didn't work out. He tried to go on the break, and I think it's just too much. From the drop of the flag, he was up the road trying to go. It just can't happen. So you, you can't do that kind of stuff on a day-to-day basis. He needs to, to probably sit back. So look, you 20 points for an HC category uh, you know, for the King of the Mountains. He only had 18 going into the day, so he doesn't get up the road. But there was a big group that did, and uh, we'll, we'll walk, walk through some of that. Look, I will say, we if you've watched the Giro and we went through all the Giro stuff, uh, bad, bad weather, it's not that case right now. The, the, the tour is enjoying some really fantastic weather. As you can see, this, they're starting to pow. They go over here. They're, they're in the, the Pyrenees. They're hitting some of the, the Col de Marie Blanc, the Ishru, the Sadu, 
And um, it's it's there you go. The Sedute, it's a HC category right there. But the Col de Marie Blanc, it's only a cat one, but it's pretty brutal, especially coming up near the end. Then there's like uh, about 22 kilometers or so uh, after the finish where they go down and then a little bit of a rise and it's you know somewhat flat, 16, maybe 16, 20 kilometers. Um, so that's what the riders had unpacked for today. Uh, 128 kilometers in, they've already got a break going up the road. I think it was 37 riders. You had two Jumbo Visma, or two or th- yeah, two at least two. two I think Tishbanu and Watt were in there. Um, but the most surprise, you had some Trek, uh, little little Treks up there. Uh, Ciccone, he was. I mean, look, the the GC hasn't really. It's blown a few people out, but it hasn't blown out everybody to the point where Ciccone, I think, was 22 seconds off or so. Uh, 40, maybe somewhere in that range. Jai Henley was up there of Bora. Now, Jai, we talked about him as being, for me, my number three favorite. He's won, he won the Giro last year. He was second in the Giro to um, uh, uh, Gegenhart, Tail Gegenhart on their shortened one. The, <clears throat> the guy can go uphill. So, And there's only 20-some kilometers of time trialing, one stage of a TT individual time trial in this tour, which means climbing is kind of at the, the four, and um, he's not bad. So... And he also, he gets strong as the, as the race goes on. We've seen that with the way he was able to win the Giro and come second to Teo Gigenhart. So it, the point is, he's a threat to be up the road. And I was shocked, shocked, I tell you, that they uh, let him get up there. But they did. And the gra- gap got up to around four minutes or so. Uh, the sprint, I don't know who took the sprint here. Um, uh, maybe Cocard. We'll take a look at all that stuff. Uh, but Wout got, Wout got up the road as well. And with Wout... Um, was like I said, Tish Benut, and it looks it does just the prime thing. If you're not going to make it to the finish, which they weren't, and uh, then it's to set up to be able to help Vingago uh, at some later date. Uh, I did see as well that Pogachar at the start he tried to at one point try to get up in the break. I mean, with knowing what happened for the rest of the day here, it, it seems a little shocking that he's doing little tactical things like that to waste his energy. It just it, it blows my mind that you're even allowing yourself to do that. And he's done a few little things here and there, uh, but some of the go. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. <clears throat> 80 kilometers. This group's two plus three minutes up there. Um, they they end up whittling it down even more. At one point, you got Wout and Philippe who's up the road. He tries to kind of make a little bit of a move. Then Felix Gall. He ends up on the uh, on the Col de Malaria Blanc, on the Sudet, I'm sorry, uh, taken off there. I think he got max points, so he's, I think, in the climber's jersey. Uh, there you go. He gets goes over the top of the Col de Malaria Blanc, or the, I'm sorry, the Sudet. Uh, Nick, Nick's, Chris, Nick, uh, Nick, we'll take a look at the names here. He, he was up there for, um, I want to say, uh, Israel. And um, then you had these three. That uh, There you go. Uh Philippe, Wout, and then Clement was back here. I think that's his name for AG2R in the break, really pounding things out. And all the way back, you're now seeing uh, UAE is doing a lot of work and, and they're trying to keep this thing intact. Wout mixes things up here. The, the break goes up and down, up and down. But what the, we're really looking for is right here. Felix Gall goes up the road, up the Col de Blair and Blanc now, and with him goes Jai Hindley. Okay. Jai Hindley, now they have, what, 229 at this point over the uh, yellow jersey group. UAE has been on the front doing a lot of work. Uh, behind him, you've got you've got some Ineos riders in the in the race as well that are up there. Um, uh, Martinez is up the road there. Um, I'm trying to remember the other guy was up there. But then back in the main group, you've got Rodriguez. You've got um, Egon Bernal. You've got Pitcock, even with the uh, yellow jersey group. They're not really doing much that you'd think of here. Even even Danny Martinez, you'd expect him to 
formerly be quite the climber, and he just was having a little problem. Mateo Jorgensen, he's up here. Jack Haig is up here in the break as well. Uh, and Ciccone is up here in the break. And they're all looking to kind of make a, a statement. But Felix Gall has been the climber guy. I think he won a stage at the, I want to say at the Giro up on, off of the climb. And um, Jai Hindley can obviously go well. So Jai marks him well. Uh, does a good job, and those two go away. At 20.1 kilometers, uh, Jai Hindley takes off. Now, we're not going to see this really here right at this point, but back in the – it's it, it, basically at the exact same time, just a little bit further back here, now you can see the yellow jerseys, 208 behind Jai Hindley at this point. You then see Wout has drifted off the break. He comes back to the Vingigo group. And at this point, uh, Pogacar has Adam Yates with him. That's it for her teammates. And Wout gets on the front a little bit. Right behind him is the number one lieutenant, best you know, climbing domestique in the world, which is uh, Sepkus. Sepkus, right at this point, this is where you, um, they start to take off. Uh, and Sep starts to put it down. That's when Jai Hindley says, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting rid of uh, Felix as well. I need to get up the road. And it's a, it's a simultaneous. I don't know if his team car told him to do so, but um, it definitely was something that was necessary. You can see here right at the same time now, um, Sep Kuss is leading uh, Vingigo. On Vingo's wheel is uh, Tade. And on his wheel at this point is uh, Tom Pitcock. A little bit before this, Pitcock was getting distance with Adam Yates and with Adam Yates, also uh, uh, Mike Woods, uh, Simon Yates, and I'm not sure who the uh, other writers are here, uh, David Goodu. And so then Pidcock actually went around them, and I thought that was somewhat impressive of uh, Pidcock to make a little move. Now, it might have been all for naught. I will look in the standings to see actually how he ended up faring on the day. But uh, Sepp Kuss just, <laughs> just lights this thing up as he only Sepp Kuss can do. And you're, you're seeing here it was, what, 210 at one point, and then it's coming down to 153. And uh, then um, as as Vinigo wants to do, he just took off and look at the the head movement here of Pogacar um, there's nothing he's really able to do <clears throat> he you know he's a very jumpy guy and he did not at all make much of an effort to get onto Vingigo's wheel Vingigo just takes off and uh, Pogacar ends up dropping uh, Sepkus we will talk about that in a tad bit but here's kind of the move then uh, Vingigo comes up around Tish Benut once again, Pogacar is trying to catch on, and now it's a bunch of stragglers that Vinigo is blowing through at quite a, a tremendous, tremendous pace. Uh, Tish Benut can't do anything to help. There's, there's, not, there's not a, a single thing he can do, and Tade's out there uh, struggling himself. Now, Tade's going through all these stragglers as well. Coming up and over the climb here, uh, let me see. This is uh, Jai Hindley. Uh, comes up and over, and I, I want to say at the at the top of the climb, we'll, we'll see exactly where um, Vinigo is here, but uh, 15.9 uh, kilometers to go. Jahinli's in the lead. He's got two minutes over Adam Yates, 143 over Pogacar, and now it's 101 over uh, Vinigo, and I think it's 103 uh, at the top of the climb. So let's break that down because they're not going to show it here on this little highlight clip that I'm going through. But uh, as we said, Pogacar tries to go except Kuss had been on the front doing a, a yeoman's work. Vinigo takes up off the road. Pogacar goes after him. Vinigo, uh, and you'd think Sepp just sits up. 
but he actually doesn't. He he claws his way back, and by the time they come over the top of the climb, he's on Pogacar's wheel. And and the reason I kind of emphasize that is for a few reasons. One, it's impressive that Sepp Kuss does that just to stay up there in case something happens to his team leader up the road. Let's say he gets a flat in the worst case scenario, Sepp is at least up there with Pogacar and you have then neutralized. You're not losing any time if there's something that has to happen and you need to be um, helping Vinga go out. Perfect. Or let's say your, your team leader goes off the road uh, and he's done for in the race. Uh, you've at least put yourself in position to do something good. And, I, and there, was no, there was no problem because what you're going to do then is just sit on. It also emphasizes too, though, another thing, which is, Pogacar, well, like I said, he was flying through everybody else, but he wasn't still riding shabby. I mean, he was having a hard time. He couldn't, he losing a tremendous amount of time here, quote unquote, uh, to Vinigo, but he is still <laughs> hurting one of the best climbers in the world, Sepp Kuss, who had been doing work, but sitting on for the whole day. So I just wanted to kind of put that in perspective that while Tade wasn't necessarily uh, brilliant, I mean, he's still brilliant. Um, you know, just Vingo was, was the man. So, uh, Jai Hindley's up the road, 6.1 kilometers to go. He's got now 50 seconds over, uh, Vinigo. Vinigo has been plowing away. You've got Emmanuel Bookman. He's not going to help because his teammate Jai is up the road. You got, uh, Ciccone who does take a turn on the front and then immediately peels off because his, he's on the radio and his team manager's like, no, 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 you're going to win the sprint at the finish. Make this guy do all the work. And then you had, uh, Felix Gall out there as well, and he's not going to do any of the work. So for the most part, and they, and they did catch up. I'm trying to remember one of the other, maybe it was when they caught Felix or one of the other ones. Um, Vinigo makes a motion to him like this, like, hey, get in line, get in line and do some work <laughs> for me. And the guy's kind of like, what? I don't think I'm going to do that. Uh, anyway, they, they do fine. Uh, Pogacar sits up just a tad to let uh, Adam Yates join. And you got Adam, Pidcock, uh, Skilmos, um, Simon Yates, David Gadu, and uh, Madwas uh, is, is up there as well. So they're they're blazing away. Um, but in the end, Jai Hindley comes through. He does a nice little post-up. He gets the win that he's uh, probably always dreamed of. Uh, he said this was not the plan of the day. It just happened. He just kind of rolls in. There was two teammates with him in that break, so they just kind of took the brunt. We're doing a lot of the work. In the end, Vinigo uh, does all the work coming in here to the last 150, 200 meters, and Ciccone easily outsprints Gall. And uh, Emmanuel Bachman, I saw it for a second there. I'm like, Bachman, uh, he might get a, a chance to uh, go one, two on the stage for uh, Bora. But no, this is the first. And, and so Jai Hindley ends up holding on for, uh, and then the rest of the group, the Tade group comes in here. Does it show here? 138, 138 back. Uh, so he loses almost a minute or more to Vindigo. Quite the, quite the day. Bachman goes ahead and uh, salutes his, uh, or gives a hug to his team leader, Jai Hindley. Quite the day. So there you go. Hindley, Ciccone, uh, 32 seconds over Ciccone. And uh, so Ciccone and Gall take time bonuses. Hindley takes time bonus. Vinigo loses out. But he's like, you know, I got to push all the way to the finish because, uh, a, a, you know, third place time or second place time bonus is going to be less if I just sit around. So he hammered that out. Skumos, doing great for um, Littel Trek. Uh, David, David, Mar uh, Daniel Martinez for Ineos, 138, Pogacar, 138, Gadu, and Rodriguez. So two Ineos riders there at the 138 mark, <clears throat> along with Pogacar, and uh, Sepkus came in with that group as well. Um, I don't know what that's showing other than uh, Pogacar and the rest. So you got Jai Hindley in yellow. I think they said the first uh, yellow jerseys for Bora since... Uh, 
2018 with Sagan. So it's been a while. Um, first Australian, probably since Cadell. No, Ron Dennis, I think, was in there as well. But you know, look for the for the most part, you go way back in there in the history. You've got um, Phil Anderson. He he was a big guy for tour rider, but he I think he posted in the top five a few times in the Tour de France. Uh, Australian rode well, um, and then other than that, you've got um, Cadell Evans, obviously. Um, you know, won the Tour de France at one point. Um, we got Felix Gall here in the polka dots lost out for, uh, and then here's tomorrow Tarbs to, they go with the Tourmalet and where does this one go to tomorrow? Um, Karakats, Kambask. I don't know what the heck people in their, in their language, uh, but you're going to do the cat three, the Cote de Campfond la Bains, the Sarn Colin sprint, the Col de Aspan, and then the Col de Tourmalet. And then they finish up the, uh, Kambask, uh, cat one. So you've got a uh, summit finish tomorrow. You did not expect <clears throat> what happened today to necessarily happen. Uh, I, I tend to think, and, and I, was, I watched a few different feeds on this. I watched the, the, the GCN one live. I saw highlights with Phil and Paul. And then I kind of rewatched on the Peacock, the Peacock, the Peacock uh, world feed. <clears throat> and so I, as Nicholas Roach and Ant Macross. And, and so I got a different perspective of everybody there in and, and the, uh, the world feed for Peacock. They were confused as to why uh, Vinigo uh, was having Sepkus ride. And I'm like, well, I think they, they probably noticed a little something <laughs> with uh, Pogacar or you take him on, you give him a shot, shot across the bow. Look, this is one thing we didn't know about uh, Pogacar coming in, which is, um, you know, last year, I think they wore him down. He did a lot of stupid stuff. He's prone to doing a few of those things. I think Vinigo is much more reserved and on point for his, how he takes on the tour, much more of a sniper than uh, a sh a spreading shots everywhere, which Pogacar has to do. With breaking his wrist too, Pogacar, we didn't really know where his long distance fitness was really at. I think he, you showed his punchy, his stuff, he's still fine. But, and I think this is maybe a shot to, to take him on, and that's that's exactly what we did. Okay, so let's take a, a little deeper look at all of the results. And uh, it's a short day. Hope you guys had a good Fourth of July. It was rough here. My uh, dogs don't do well uh, with fireworks, and there was a lot of fireworks. Okay, Jai Hindley, um gets it to eight. He what eighteen? Oh, 10 second time bonus. Um, thirty two seconds over Chaconi and Felix Gall, Emmanuel Bachmann, Venus, uh, Jonas Vingago. We talked about that already. Skilmos comes in with the next group with um, Martinez, Pogacar, Gadu, Rodriguez, Jack Haig, Sepp Kuss, top American for the day, Simon Yates, Valentin Madwas, uh, Adam Yates. And then the next group, Ben O'Connor, loses a little bit more time with Pidcock, Roman Bardet, Mike Woods, Pino, Alaphilippe, Matteo Jorgensen. He was up, Matteo Jorgensen was up in that front group. I thought maybe he was going to have a chance, but... Um, and I don't hold my hopes up too much. If it was, you know, early on, like if he was in the Giro coming off, so how he had done in, in early in the season, I would say Jorgensen might have been a guy that you'd look to today. But he just, I, I think he might be riding into the tour, um, but he's he's not quite where we would expect him. And then Tish Benut, uh, Clement Bertad, uh, he was the AGTR guy that was really blistering it up there. Uh, Guillermo Martin. Okay, so let's take a look here at the GC. And then we'll look at kind of some people that have gone ups and downs. Hindley obviously rockets up into first place. I don't know. This this seemed dangerous to having him up the road for uh, getting in such a, a a time gap on everyone today. And I know that's why UAE was was riding today, and that's why Vinigo went nuts, you know, trying to pull him back there. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's 
Vidigo is doing everything he can to one to pull back Jai Hindley and also to gap off the Pogacar in the back. And he was doing a good job. You know, he closed that. He had a 103 over the top of the climb. And when he came in, you know, it was 32 seconds. So he had that coming down the hill and whatnot. But I also thought for, for Hindley for the last 15, 16 kilometers, for a guy that doesn't time trial well, um, pretty solid. And, you know, Vidigo did get a little a few turns helped in there. Um, you see these guys here, Ford dropping four places. Taddy just didn't do it today. Simon and Adam Yates, they both had some tough time. Bachman soars up the, the uh, GC, as does Ciccone, up 14 places. They're only a minute out for those two. I mean, those guys were not that far off in the first place. So Vingo, you know, he goes out four places, uh, yet, you know, he goes up into second place, but yet he is further behind than he had been. Um, Yates, Yates, those guys, Skillmost moves up. Rodriguez for Ineos moves up. Ineos' top place is ninth here. Godot is in the top 10. That'll probably improve. Mike Woods drops down, yet kind of solidified himself in that top 10 group there today because, you know, there's some guys that are up above him that were kind of in the break, but I thought he did pretty well. Roman Bardet, not as much of a, a day you would expect. Pitcock, up and down. I mean, it's good to see him kind of straggling on there and hanging on. He's not quite the best of his team yet, but yet he was doing pretty good. He was trying to hold on, and then they uh, overcame and caught back up with him. Sepp Kuss, you're just going to see him slowly pick his way and move his way up the top. I mean, he, he can do a top 20 without even um, trying. So uh, who really dropped down here? Wout drops out. Tillen Van... Uh, Tillen, uh, Dylan Toins, but we don't really... Um, neither one of those were really battling for much. Anybody have a real bad day? Danny Martinez moves up. Um, Tobias, Alberto Bedial. None of these. Felix Groschartner. Um, Victor Lefay. There you go. That's kind of the guy. That's, that's what we're looking for. I'm looking for a guy that really blew up today, and it was Victor Lefay. So his team was hoping that he had some, you know, he goes up the road yesterday to get the king of the, the sprints jersey. Um, this team was all pissed off because they're like, hey, you're just saving yourself. I don't think that had anything to do with what he did today. I think their thing for him is, hey, he's not going to be in the top, especially after. And maybe that's his idea today. I'm going to sit up or maybe he had a bad day uh, and then go for some stages. At this point, that's really all he can do. But he he really was the one that probably dropped the most. Nilsson Palace drops down 26. He he got dropped out today. Um, but uh, LeFay looks like the biggest. Dylan uh, Devenins, Dre's Devenins, sorry, he drops 46. I think 50 is the most I've seen any one person drop out today or drop down. So everyone finished, though. Um, uh, Fabio Jakobsen was really having some struggles, and uh, good to see him finishing. Uh, Jasper Philipson still in the lead with 150 points over Kakard. KOMs, you now get Felix Gold, Giulio Ciccone, 19. Jai Hindley at 18, but the pa Nilsson Palace, 18 still, so he's got a chance at this. The youth is going to be Pugacar, but just barely. Over Skillmost team is still Jumbo Visma. Top. How did the USA top placement go? Well, let's uh, let's look at just the nations here. I appreciate you asking that, Victor. So on the stage, uh, and by the way, it's Quinn Simmons had a crash today. He got ripped up on his side. Uh, he's not much of a climber anyways, for, so for him, just jumping the the auto bus and get home. Nilsson Palace, once again, not the best day. So you had uh, you had two of them up here, which was one was in the break, which was Mattel Jorgensen, which we talked about just a little bit. He had a decent day. He's 22nd on the day, um, 157 back. I mean, he comes in with just behind Pogacar and those guys. So he actually did fairly well for being in the break and then still kind of clawing on because he is one of those better climbers. I think you're going to see him coming better in the day. But other than that, it's Sepp Kuss. Sepp Kuss, um, I thought it was exceptional for the job he had to do and then still holding on. Kevin Vermaka hanging in there 11 minutes back. 
the, the Kevin Vermaka, Lawson Craddock, Nilsson Palace, Quinn Simmons, they're just trying, they've got rules and, and team things and, and, and you know, du- duties to do. Uh, not much of what you would expect uh, other than um, so Sep Goose. It's going to be Sep, Sep, Sep until we get to Quinn when he might get a chance to do something on his own. Some of these other guys may be a little. Look, as an example, Kevin, he's going to be working for um, too much uh, working for uh, Roman Bardet. Uh, Craddock is working for Simon Yates. Nilsson is doing the KOM. Uh, Quinn Simmons is doing too much for Mads Pedersen. So you got Mateo that gets a chance like he did today. And then Sep, is, it's all about Jonas. Uh, but he's always at the pointy end of the race, so that's why he at least gets a chance uh, to do something fantastic. Okay, uh, that's today. Tomorrow we get we get another shot, another shot at the Pyrenees. Um, and like we said, this one's over the Tourmalet, nasty, uh, long-ass climb, 17 kilometers at 7.4%. It's just a slog. But before that, we have the Col d'Aspan. It's 12 kilometers at 66 I mean, those those are going to wear you down. And then you do have a, a mountaintop finish, so to speak. Uh, it's not, it's kind of breaks into two here. They say 6.1 kilometers at 5.5 and then 5.3 kilometers at 7.5. So it looks like it finishes kind of as a stepstone and it finishes up there. We only do what, 144 kilometers. So a little bit of shorter stage, um, but some big ass climbs, three big ones or at least one big one and two super good sized ones. Um, That's tomorrow. That's what Thursday we got Friday is going to be a sprinters day. It'll be interesting to see. I'll I'll see if I can get any info on the the finishing stretch, if they actually have a straight line or not. (laughs) And then, and then do you go against Philipson? I mean, uh, the guy's got the best lead out right now. the, The way that the teams are, you just get one guy that can put you in the right position and do it at the right timing. And it happens to be, um, Matteo, Vanderpool is doing all that for everybody. And then then we have the weekend races. Little choppy stuff. Uh, possibly a sprinter. Maybe a Mads Pedersen type of thing. And then we finish up on the uh, Puerto Dome. What do we say? That's 7.1, uh, 5.5 at 7.1%. Damn, that'll be fun. Okay, let's go back to today. Or, or sorry, tomorrow <clears throat> and do some predictions. So you come off of today's, are you going to let a break go? Or is it going to be the GC? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I have no clue what's going to happen. So if it's GC, I think you're going to, you're going to want, Jumbo's going to want their stage win. They haven't, they haven't been able to, to chop that up yet. So there's a good chance that these, you see them. And, and is Jai Hindley going to be able to hang on? I mean, I think with the HC coming first, unless you really blow it up on the HC, which you could, I could see Pogacar going early and trying to just blow this thing up there. Other than that, I think Jai Hindley, the, the last climb isn't bad enough for him to get dropped and he might be able to stay in yellow all the way through Sunday. Uh, even maybe through so through the rest day good chance of that but tomorrow is it's all about tomorrow and how how Vingigo wants to do that let's say Pogacar recovers a little bit and he wants to light it up on the HC I can see him doing that if you go back in his history he's definitely got a penchant for going long but he's gonna it's gonna be solo and and or with uh, Vingigo because you're not gonna get rid of him so you're gonna maybe try to shake him loose early surprise him and it's probably just gonna be for not so I don't think I, I'd say that, but I don't. I, it, his team should be saying, "No, no, no! Don't, don't do that!" Because all you're going to do is you're going to wear yourself out, and then Vingigo is probably going to uh, slaughter you there. So um, maybe a break, maybe a, a Mike Woods chance. Some of the guys that gained but that kind of lost today, that second tier, Mike Woods, Ben O'Connor. Some of these guys might need to get in their break to see if they can do what Jai Hindley just did. 
and make Bora chase them down. So um, with that said, if it comes down to a group, I think you're going to see Vinigo win because he need, he wants a stage win. He hasn't got that yet. Uh, Jumbo hasn't got their stage win yet, and they're looking for that. Um, other than that, um, yeah, I, I think that's that's about, uh, about what we have. Okay, let's see if there's any – hang on here. Any news coming across that uh, I think – uh, Tade down, but not out stage five time loss. We're still in the game. Yeah. Okay. Um, Vinigo lands surprise hammer blow. Jao, uh, Hindley doubles up. Jonas Vingegaard grabs Tade and stunner. Okay. Um, the Faye power analysis. This is probably a, no, let's go to this one. This, this might be interesting. And then we'll finish up here for today. Um, this says power analysis, Tour de France, Pogacar, Vinigo, and Victor Lefay. We, okay. Power numbers from this year's Tour de France are already the highest I've seen in professional cycling. A perfect storm brewed ahead of stage one, which all set up an all time, set up all time, three minute and five minute power outputs on the Cote de Pique. Uh, this year's Tour de France tour began with a prologue and a bunch sprint, blah, blah, blah. I don't, let's get to some, Where's, uh, you know, this might be too much for us. Lefay, let's just take a look at this. After many years of covering professional cycling and over a decade of power analysis, I'd never seen such a three-minute high and a five-minute power output in a race. I've heard rumors of the world's strongest professional cyclist pushing 8.5 kilogram, uh, watts per kilogram for five minutes in a fresh training effort, but it's still hard to wrap my head around that number. Lefay's stage one performance was one for the history books. But he only finished sixth with the best legs of his life. The Frenchman may have been disappointed, but he didn't have to dwell on it for long. Stage two was defined by a long climb of the Jezebel, made famous by the classic Ascent Sebastian. The Jezebel, sorry, is the two-part climb with a deceiving average gradient. The Jezebel is a tricky climb because it is too long for the punchiers, but neither steep nor long enough for the pure climbers. So, who are the best riders on the Jezebel? The strongest riders in the world could do it all: Pogacar and Vingago. Uh, Lefay made it into the first chase group behind Pogacar and Vingago after pushing nearly 6.5 watts per kilogram for nearly 20 minutes on the Jays Cabot. Jesus, that's huge. If you don't know, that's that's uh, big numbers. Pogacar, when Pogacar and Vingago took off, Lefay was pushing 465 watts in just 800 meters. Pogacar and Vingago put 12 seconds into the Kofis right over the top of the climb. All right, I won't go into all that. It looks like uh, impressive stuff. Who wrote this? Um, who's so stunned? Zach Nair. I don't know who that is. Okay. Well, there we go. I think we will call it a day for that one. Uh, I hope you enjoy. I, I had a really good time. I, I enjoyed the race today. It was a little bit of the boring stuff, you know, some of the early things, but once you get those climbs, the groups are so big. You just hope that your, your guy that like Jai Hindley, he, he bided his time. He let, um, Wild go up the road. He let, uh, Alaphilippe go up the road and he just kind of sat there and waited and then gall had the team to kind of help him out he had uh jai had uh emmanuel bachman and it, it worked out great for them it worked out great for them it worked out great for vinigo and jumbo it was a little sketchy why you let these guys go up the road so much uh it also did not work out so good for uae but um we'll, we'll see victor says how was your fourth you know it was really good thanks for asking i hope you had a good one too um, like I said, my dogs didn't like the, the fireworks very much, but we had some families, some friends over, and it was a really good time. So I uh, hope everyone had a good fourth and, and, and a fifth. And then tomorrow is the sixth. That's it. Episode 293, Between Two Wheels podcast, Tyler Yonke. Hit like, hit subscribe. See you tomorrow.